G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Jesus says, whoever hears my word and does them, he's like a wise man who builds his house on the rock, and the rain comes, and the streams rise, and the winds blow, and they beat against the house, but it does not fall because its foundation is on the rock. Who's that person? The one who hears the word and does it. Pastor Greg Laurie reinforces our need to make God's word a central part of who we are. You need to read the Bible as if your life depended on it, because it does. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. The 26th President of the United States, the rough rider himself, Teddy Roosevelt, said, A thorough understanding of the Bible is better than a college education. And that's a surprising statement from someone who graduated with high honours from Harvard University. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the importance of being a student of God's Word, and more than that, making it part of the fabric of our lives so it controls what we think, say and do. That's our goal. a story about a father talking with his daughter and her five-year-old friend Kristen about birthdays. And it turns out that the father of the little girl and her friend Kristen both had uh, birthdays in the same month. And he said, you know what, Kristen, our birthdays are only three days apart. And she looked at him and said, yeah, but you grew much faster than I did. <laughs> you know, why is it that some people seem to grow more spiritually than others? Is it just the luck of the draw? Is it just a random thing? Do we have anything to say about it? Or how about this? Why is it that some move forward and accomplish great things for God's glory and then others just fall away from the faith? Do we have anything to say about that? Is there anything that we can do to ensure that we will have a faith that will last for a lifetime. You know, sometimes people will say something along the lines of, well, I tried Christianity and it didn't work for me. But this is a ridiculous statement because we're not talking about a product. We're talking about the creator of the universe that will work in any life that is truly dedicated to him. It really comes down to this. Do you want to grow spiritually? So there are things that we can do to help that take place. There are certain disciplines in the Christian life that must be in play for spiritual growth to happen. In other words, you don't outgrow these things. You don't come to a certain point in your life spiritually where you say, I no longer need to do that thing. For instance, you're never going to come to a point in life where you're going to say, yeah, you know, I'm not really into eating anymore. 
I used to be into the whole eating thing with the best of them. Three times a day, sometimes even some snacks. But I've given up eating. I just don't eat food. Well, you're going to be dead very soon, okay? Or I, I'm kind of over the whole breathing thing. I think it's overrated, really. No, you need to breathe. You need to eat. You need to drink and so forth. And in the same way, in the spiritual life, you can't say, well, I don't really read the Bible as much as I used to. I've kind of moved beyond that. Or, you know, I don't really think I need to pray like I did when I was a young Christian. Or, well, I used to be very involved in the church, but I've sort of pulled back a little bit. No, no. If you want to be a growing Christian, if you want to be a Christian that's progressing, you need to constantly be in the Word of God. You need to have a strong prayer life, and you need to be a vital functioning part of the church. You neglect these things, I'm telling you it's only a matter of time until you're going to start spiritually unraveling. You see, growing spiritually is a combination of doing the right thing and not doing the wrong thing. Uh, let's say you wanted to get into shape physically. Well, it's probably a combination of exercise, uh, working out in some capacity, and eating the right foods, and not eating the wrong foods. In other words, if you go to the gym and eat fried food all day long, and maybe one's going to work against the other. So have these things work together in your life. There are certain things we must stay away from and certain things that must be embraced. Uh, we're told over in 2 Timothy 2, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Pursue righteous living, faith and love and peace with those that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Run from the things that pull you down. Run toward the things that will build you up. So that brings me to point number one, and this is really the topic we're going to explore. And here it is. If you want to be a growing Christian, you must read, study, and love the Word of God. Let me say that again. If you're taking notes, you might want to write it down. If you want to be a growing Christian, you must read, study, and love the Word of God. A fruitful believer will always be a lover of God's Word. Psalm 119, uh, verse 159. See how I love your commandments, the psalmist writes. Lord, give back my life because of your unfailing love. All your words are true. I love your commandments. Number two, you need to read the Bible as if your life depended on it, because it does. You need to read the Bible as if your life depended upon it, because it does. It does. Jesus in the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount said in Matthew 7, whoever hears these words of mine and does them or puts them into practice, he's like a wise man who builds his house on the rock and the rain comes and the streams rise and the winds blow and they beat against the house, but it does not fall because its foundation is on the rock. Who's that person? The one who hears the word and does it. Now Jesus says, whoever hears my word and does not do it, here's what he's like. He's like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand and the rain came down and the streams rose and it fell with a great crash. One is like a guy building a beautiful edifice on a firm foundation and the other guy is like a person building sandcastles. You know, sometimes they have these sandcastle contests and people come in and do these amazing, elaborate sandcastle structures. And I just look at those and think, man, they're going to be gone so quickly. 
I mean, I think it is the role of every small boy to destroy every sandcastle ever made. I watch my grandkids play and the girls are so careful to build their little sandcastles and dig their little tunnels and they've got their little turrets and the shells and it's so adorable. And then my grandson Christopher just comes over. He just can't wait to stomp it out. That's what it's like to hear God's Word and not apply it in your life. You're like building on sand. Here's why this is important. Because one of the things a young believer is going to face is doubt. Do you really think you're saved? The devil will whisper in your ear. Do you really think you're a Christian? There's no way. And this is one of the devil's oldest ploys going back to the Garden of Eden when he went to Adam and Eve and said, did God really say what you thought he said? So he will do that with a younger Christian. That's why they need to know the Word of God and understand that their salvation is written down. It's recorded in God's book of life and it's explained to them in this book, The Word of God. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. Great to have you with us today as he shares some important instruction on how vital it is to make God's Word the centerpiece of our lives. Let's continue now with his message called The Importance of God's Word in the Believer's Life. Heard a story about a young man named Billy Sunday. And he became a Christian. And uh, an older Christian said to him, Billy, there's three simple rules that if you practice these, no one will ever write the word backslider after your name. Three simple rules, Billy. Number one, take 15 minutes every day to let God talk to you. Take 15 minutes every day talking to God. And take 15 minutes every day to tell others about him. If you do these three things, no one will ever say you're a backslider. I thought that's pretty good advice. 15 minutes each day to let God talk to you. 15 minutes every day to talk to God. And 15 minutes every day talking to somebody else about God or telling others about him. Let's focus on the first one. And that is 15 minutes every day to let God talk to you. Does God still speak to us today? Answer, yes. Does He speak audibly to us today? I would say generally, no. But yet He does still speak. How does God primarily speak to us today? Through the Word of God. That's why you need to open it. Because if you don't open it, you're not going to hear from Him. I heard about a man who took his wife to see the doctor. He was sitting in the waiting room. Suddenly the doctor comes bursting out saying, does anybody have a screwdriver? Someone gives him one. He runs back in the room. The guy's thinking, what on earth? The screwdriver. A few more moments pass by and the doctor bursts out and says, does anyone have a pair of pliers? Someone gives him pliers and he runs back in the room. This man's getting nervous now. His wife's in there. And the doctor bursts out a third time and says, does anyone have a hammer? The man says, doctor, stop right now. What is wrong with my wife? Doctor said, I don't know. Trying to get my medical bag open. See, so the whole idea here is, if we don't open this book, we're not going to hear from God. Open the Word of God. Now most of us believe God's Word is true. I read that 58% of Americans believe the Bible is inspired and inerrant. That's pretty amazing. 56%. But only 19% read it on a regular basis. I'll explain that. 
Oh yes, I believe the Bible is God's Word. I believe God's Word is given to us from heaven. Do you read it? No, but still it's nice to know this. If I really believe that, should I not be opening it on a regular basis? Because really when you get down to it and start reading God's Word, it's the most amazing book ever given to the planet Earth. It's actually not one book, but 66 books written over a 1,500 year span. Its words were written by 40 authors from every walk of life. Kings, peasants, philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, and scholars. Yet all of the authors directed by the Holy Spirit write about one main thing that's God's redemption of mankind. It's all inspired. It's all breathed by God Himself. And so when the Bible tells us to do something, I should do it. When the Bible warns me about something, I should heed the warning. When the Bible tells me not to do something, it's for my own good. Have you ever noticed that there are warning labels on practically everything these days? And really strange warning labels. I've read some of them and I thought, are you kidding me? Because usually when there's a warning label on something, that means that someone somewhere did the thing they're warning you not to do. <laughs> so I came upon a collection of warning labels. I'm not making any of these up. These aren't jokes. These are all real. Real warning labels. On a cardboard windshield sunshade. Warning. Do not drive with sunshield in place. <laughs> so someone did that for sure. How about this one in a hair dryer? Why would you put this in a hair dryer? Warning, do not use while sleeping. <laughs> how do you use, I mean, how do you do that exactly? Not making these up. On an electric rotary drill. Warning, this product not intended for use as a dental drill. <laughs> That's just scary. On a bathroom heater, warning, this product is not to be used in bathrooms. But it's a bathroom heater. I like this one, this is true. Warning, on a box of rat poison, warning, this has been found to cause cancer in laboratory mice. I was kinda hoping it would kill them quicker than that. Cause it's rat poison, right? Here's one that really is scary. And a child-sized Superman costume, this is actually on one, warning, wearing of this garment does not enable you to fly. <laughs> I'm gonna go up on the top of the roof and try it out. There's crazy people out there, so they put these warning labels on these products, and you wonder about these people that try to dry their hair when they're asleep, or try to fly because they have a Superman costume. They should take heed to the warnings. And God's Word gives us warnings to help us. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. It's God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. Over in Hebrews 4.12 it says, for the Word of God is alive and it is powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest knife cutting into our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. Maybe that's one of the reasons we don't want to read the Bible. <laughs> because we don't want to discover something about ourselves that 
needs to be changed or repented of. But that's why we dig into the Word of God. Martin Luther once said, quote, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me, end quote. And it is alive. Have you ever been in a situation where you opened up this scripture and it just jumped out and spoke to your situation exactly? Or maybe sitting in church and there was a message being given and it was as though that preacher knew all about your life and was speaking directly to you. I've had people actually accuse me of this. I've had husbands come to me saying, my wife's been talking to you about me, hasn't she? And I'll say, no, sir. No, but you described the situation. That's my situation. I appreciate it if you wouldn't talk about me in church. Sister, I don't even know what you're talking about. But you know, I believe that the Lord will speak to us when we open His Word, gather together in church. Sometimes it's on the radio. Sometimes it's in written form. But God will honor and bless His Word. But here's the thing. If you want to know if you're a healthy Christian, here's how. You'll be a hungry Christian. A hungry Christian is a healthy Christian. A healthy Christian is a hungry Christian. They're hungry for the Word of God. First Peter 2, 2 says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, and by this you'll grow up in your salvation. So if you're not feeling well, you go to a doctor. What's the first thing he does? He says, how's your appetite? And if your appetite is good, and that's a sign that you're in good health. That's why I know I'm healthy right now, because I'm typically hungry, as I usually am. And you know, it's a funny thing how you're not feeling well, and, and you don't know why. And you think, well, maybe I'm getting sick, and, and I'm feeling lightheaded, and I'm irritable. And, and someone might ask, when's the last time you ate? Oh, right, I forgot to eat. This is not a personal statement. I've never forgotten to eat. But I, I've met people that they forgot to eat. I, don't, I can't even wrap my mind around that thought. I forgot to eat. Okay. And you'll feel almost as though you're sick. What a difference a meal will make. A lot of times when a child is small, a little baby, they start crying. It's usually a few things. Number one, they're hungry. Number two, they need their diaper changed. Or number three, they need a nap. And when I'm irritable, my wife is, no, I won't go there, but found it's a similar thing. Not the diaper, we're not there yet. But um, hopefully never. But you see, we have to hunger for God's Word. Pastor Greg Laurie with some good insights on the importance of God's Word in our lives and how a healthy believer will hunger for more of the Bible. Well, tomorrow we have more insight on the role God's Word plays in helping us grow spiritually. Hope you can join us right here, same time tomorrow. For a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Importance of God's Word in the Believer's Life. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 